one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Grain, all right. I, I, a grain, alright. A grain, alright. You want to tip the scale? Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi, folks. Um, we're, we're, we're just looking at our new intro here. Very fancy stuff, lads. Technology moving on all the time, like. Uh, what do you think? I keep telling you, Dale, te- technology is the way to go, Dale. That's you it, don't yeah. believe but me, but it you is. Me te- you sent me a text there last week, and you put it up on the group one there that you were scanning mares. I tell you, boy. That's if, right. When I knew you had done yeah. mares, you were scanning mares. Don't run past us. How are you all, folks? Yeah, uh, you, good, you're all good out there, yeah. Uh, delighted to be joined uh, today. Great to have you back, Brian Hogan. Hoagie, how are things? Good, yeah, oh, good, good. As I said to you before we went good on, man. surviving now, surviving. Surviving, yeah, Jeannie Mac. It's, it's still queer times for GA people. Although today has been the first day of the measures being uh, changed around a little bit, so a bit of hope. You can you can drive to the Hinch today now and uh, go for a swim if you want. No, you can, yeah. Brian, or TJ, <laughs> TJ can, but Mark can drive down to you all there now and try himself in, like, and uh, instead of scanning... Of, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can bring the horses to the sea as well now, can't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We, volume is down here now in East Cork, Anthony, and slightly yeah. maybe West Waterford as well. But that would be and just a- outside the five kilometres. Like. After her sublime victory at the weekend, Mark, on Friday evening, just while we're on it now, we might as well kick, kick on. How is uh, Getaway Queen? The Queen? Queen, yeah. The, 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 big win, the, big the, win the over darling, the, darling of, the darling of the podcast, is it? Yeah, they wanted, well, T- they wanted TJ Ryan blew the cover on about three months ago. That the first time she'd be off, she she hack up. Yeah, well, he he told us all like watch for her in a uh, handicap hurdle, two miles, good ground, uh, and then we all looked at the entries on Thursday night and said, Jenny, what story with Landers? What story with the Queen? I'm sure we, we, we sent on the text, you know, what was the story like? It's a good thing we have the text on the phone, actually, to show our, fri- to show our friends that we weren't just making it up, like. Oh, Jenny, I tell you, she, she ran well, in fairness, so she surprised, she surprised a lot of us, to be honest, but not alone. She surprised me, she surprised the trainer as well, how well she went, so. Yeah, I had not to get her head in front now. Yeah, not everybody in the country was surprised, Amak, we'd have to say. I mean, she went from 9-1 to one into 4-1. to one. Particularly, she came from sevens to fours in the last uh, 15 minutes before the race started, whatever happened. I don't know. I'd say the, pod- the podcast, you have a couple of uh, snaky fellas behind your Twitter there, I'd say. <laughs> Everyone in the tenors and a few quid more, I'd say, on her. Um, but it certainly wasn't any of mine, Dela. I've the, the money in the bank at this stage. Yeah, you don't, part with too, dark. you don't part with it too handy, I will, I will say that. Like, TJ, you, you weren't in shock <laughs> at all, TJ. Um, no, I wasn't in shock. I 
could clearly see um, the handicap rating of 87, where she was rated 56 in the flat. It looked to me that she had a stone in hand over hurdles. But like yourself, Dalo, when I saw the message that not today, I did think that the handbrake was on. And I thought that we would be all in down the road in maybe a month or six weeks' time. But as like you said, somebody was on her. I actually was on my way home from work in college. My mother and father was a five to six on Friday evening. And I told my father, I said, this horse is running here, Landon's horse is running. And he goes, he's going to win. And I said, no, not today. And then he said to me, Jesus, that's plenty of money for him. And uh, I said, sure enough, there was Sean Flanagan tanking around, looking good. And that one with plenty to spare. What I would be curious to see is what kind of a penalty she gets. Because if she only gets probably four or five pounds, the next day she runs, if the ground is right over two miles, she'll still have a little bit up her sleeve. It's been a good plot job by Landers. Yeah, you'd have to say that to you, Jim. <laughs> I just, from my own point of view, like having not got the don't back or stuff uh, in the morning, as I would do with entry on lifting, I did a little Yankee, little four euro Yankee. That was going to be my interest for the day. Two winners up and, and a defeated one going down on the Queen at seven to one. Lovely. Made lovely, lovely little docket now, TJ. So I said, I better check with the owner who told me cash in that docket fast. I'll tell you. Not long like did I cash in the docket, but I backed the favourite in the racing as well. And, and the, getaway, I, the getaway queen as, flies as my, past the favourite. Uh, as my mother, as my mother said, long, long time ago, Dela, she said, "Fools and their money are soon parted." Yeah, oh, I think yeah. I think the best way to, the best way to leave it, Dela, here, right, is since that has now happened and it's history that Landers owes us one. Would that be fair? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, in fairness, TJ, one of my favourite weekends of the year. Entry obviously been at the Grand National a few times. Go, what a, what a spectacle! And for anyone that goes over, what a spectacle there on the Friday as well. If it's opened up next year, um, with ladies there and <laughs> in entry, it's a fair spectacle there on the Friday as well. But the Masters in the golf, uh, from Augusta, and you know, it's a brilliant weekend. Premier League back from the international break as well. We Jose Mourinho and Ole Ole Solskjaer fighting over feeding the child before he went to bed uh, and everything like that um, but it's a fantastic weekend and like there's a story really of of uh, two people I suppose in that uh, Hideki Matsuyama first Japanese man to, to win a major in golf and they're huge into their golf and then I suppose the story already of the year but to cap it all the first lady rider to win the Grand National what a story uh, Rachel Blackmore Um so much talk. You're nearly afraid to talk about it now because someone comes back attacking you that you said, why you mentioned that she was a lady jockey? Oh, she's, but she's yeah, a brilliant, exactly, she's just a brilliant yeah. jockey, like, isn't yeah. she? What a, what a story, Dama. I would like, leading on from, I suppose, Cheltenham, where she was the leading rider at Cheltenham with six winners across the board um, and having fallen off six horses as well uh, yeah. in the course of all the rest in Cheltenham. Um, what a fantastic woman to get back up and, and ride so many winners. Um, but like to um, to win, be the first lady rider ever to win the Grand National was was superb. And I liked what she said actually when she came in in the interview. She said, "Look, I'm not a woman and not a man today. I'm just a human being mm. that is lucky enough to have ridden the winner of the Grand National." So, and there's a lot of people. You're right. There's a lot of people who be driving it in that is this that we say from a female point of view, but it's not. It's about her horsemanship. And she's an excellent horseman. And um, I, I'd have to say she gave it a superb ride. And then the owners involved as well with JP. Um, you know, it, it was a great pickup for, for JP and the family, Noreen and, and all their family. I think to win the Grand National, I think 
an awful lot of people out there that are involved in national hunt. And I would I would also make the point that national hunt racing and GA are definitely intertwined, Anthony, across whatever county you're from. There's a huge broad spectrum of people that are involved. I go to Galway every year, going for the last 18 years. With two lads from uh, Carrie Tool, Tom and Thomas O'Brien, and we meet the, the likes of Glen Ryan and Eddie McCormack, and a couple of lads, Eddie McCormack from, from Donegal, and lads from Kildare, and all around. We meet Sheedy and Dignan as well from a Holland point of view. So <laughs> there's a huge amount of uh, people involved in all the, you know, the, the GA and the racing. But I'd have to say that the Rachel Blackmore story mm-hmm. is just phenomenal, like, you know, and she's a really, really brilliant talent. And it was it has kept her season, I would say, falling on from from winning the top jockey in, in Cheltenham. And Hoagie, do you have a five each way on the national? <laughs> would you believe it? I actually did, um, and I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be as okay with now the, with the racing as the lads would be. But you're like, I suppose, like a lot of people who maybe you know dip in and out, you know, once a year. It's like Cheltenham or you know the Grand National, or whatever. You, you you throw a punt to an old horse, and we all had a few quid on it in the house and you know, different horses just for a bit of crack. Um, I I backed uh, Hogan's height, <laughs> <laughs> so you you can see you can see the signs that went into picking that one. And uh, <laughs> Hogan, Hogan under the checking, dropping ball. <laughs> I didn't I didn't spend long checking the form on that one. I think it's still out. I didn't hear the name once from when it started. Anyway, so I was tearing the docket up halfway through. So uh, yeah, but look, sure, it's a bit it's a bit of crack, you know. And uh, yeah. she's a right old bit of banter inside. But yeah, look. I mean, I think Mark has said it all there in terms of uh, Rachel Blackmore's performance and just the year she's after having. And like, I suppose the great thing is that it it, it transcends gender. You know, the, the, the race and it's it, it's purely your ability, your you know your ability to or your horsemanship, as Mark has said. So it, it it's just incredible. Like, and the way she's and again, I wouldn't be that close, but I would have listened to like AP McCoy and different people talking about her just as. I suppose as as a jockey and as a person, and yeah, it's, she seems to be a serious, serious, serious person. Yeah, you'd never, you'd never actually think she's thirty one from the interviews, would you? She's thirty one yeah. years old, like she looks so she's young, right. and I suppose she's <laughs> so slight. And Great in, uh, article today, Tej, from Ruby in the paper, where he kind of said, like, you know, would would he have advised the twenty five year old Rachel Blackmore that he barely knew to turn pro, uh, you know, six years ago? Uh, like, uh, but he wrote, he balanced the article by saying, like. It was a lesson in life for anybody. Like that, she had desperate, tough seasons. Couldn't get winners. Stayed at it. Stayed at it. Got stronger. Worked on her weaknesses. Like it's like it's like a hurler. Like in the coming out, having not played county minor, we we spoke about that. Like so, you know, fellas like that, Bernard Brogan, Brian Lohan, um, Henry didn't play minor. Don't think did he, Brian? No, no, no. Myself, no, future. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you know, like yeah. that club, but they wanted it, and it looks like Rachel Backmore, TJ, mm. all those attributes and. It comes across when she's interviewed as well. Yeah, it's a brilliant story, Dello. And look, me being a keen National Hunt follower, I followed this story like right from the start here. Um, like go back to even last year, Mark in, in the in the mayor's hurl in Cheltenham, the ride she gave Honeysuckle up the inside to kind of scoot past Paul Town. This community yeah. do un- unbelievable. So um look, being to Cheltenham a number of years, like an awful lot of the National Hunt supporters kind of latch on to um kind of a jockey and kind of just just get into that fan club. And Ruby had it for years. And it looks like as if Rachel is going to replace Ruby, which is an unbelievable statement to make, yeah. But just an incredible jockey and an incredible story. Very difficult to break into the horse racing game, not being from a family entrenched in it to try and come because, like, it, it, it is very much sport of kings, like the likes of, let's say, Ruby or the Cabries or any other people who've been in it. 
like they've had, they have a little bit of an advantage. So what Rachel has done here has been incredible. Can I just say one other thing, right? Obviously, to JP as well, it's a brilliant win for again for Limerick and for JP, and it's great to see him win international. It's, it's, it's the most iconic race. But Henry de Bromhead has probably escaped a little bit of limelight here, right? And just for any manager out there, Dale, right? Good number of years ago, Henry would have lost his key client in 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 basically in the pots. Um, he had all the sizing horses. And then all of a sudden, the gig in town and JP supported him. And like what he's done this year as well has a little bit slipped under the radar because of Rachel, right? But what a manager and what a team of horses he has built now. And basically to kind of get kicked, recover and build it right up to the very, very top. I think he's third in the British Trainer Championship at the moment. So just a phenom phenomenal year yeah. for him. Yeah. And I'm going to turn around. And also to have the confidence and the faith in Rachel and like to, to, to lower to build like I'm sure he probably would have had people saying oh you need to put up Ruby or Barry Garrity or maybe the stronger lads but he saw Jiggenstown and JP and all supported her and it's just a phenomenal story it's just hard to fathom it actually kind of equates me to um a little bit to Groot Hegarty this year right Dello I'm sure you would have heard about yeah. like Groot Hegarty is with St. Patrick's here in Limerick right who are between a third and a fourth tier club here in Limerick Hurling and even have been lower right and I'm sure there's plenty clubs around the country who are small clubs and they have a very good player. And let's say the neighbouring big clubs are looking for them and they have people in their ear saying, oh, geez, you'll find it very hard to play for the county while you're playing with that club and you need to be playing yeah. a club hurling at a better standard. Well, Garoad Hegarty has proved that theory wrong as well, the same as Rachel Blackmore has done. So it can be done. So there's just, just there's a link there to say like that basically that determination, the belief, the vision... Huge amount of hard work and time, but just two incredible stories. Yeah, and uh, you, 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 you're a great man to give that bit of coaching info every week. I think our listeners love that. But uh, I, I would have, you know, when the Limerick City clubs were stronger, particularly Clahan, I suppose I'm thinking of when I started playing TJ, we would play them a good bit and then we'd play Christians the other time. And his father sure was a Christian's man. Are Christians Good gone now, TJ? Are Christians yeah. gone? Yeah, Joe was a boy. What a, what a power. You, wouldn't want, you, you, might be, you might be playing centre-back for the club in a no-challenge match of a Thursday night. You wouldn't want to see Hagel coming in centre-forward on you. Like, you'd yeah, like yeah. to go back centre-back at the other side. Like. But are they, are they gone now, Christians? Christ, uh, Christians and Clahan have basically more or less amalgamated. Started underage. So just the lack of numbers. But said Clahan for years would have kind of just, just mopped up all those other players. In, in like, and St. Pax and Clahan are adjoining, right? But in fairness to Clan, for a long number of years, about hurling and football, they would have given people a chance to play at senior level. And that kind of seemed to be the draw. And I have seen it in other places where people have felt the need to jump clubs. Well, um, as I said, it's just a story that, that is linked to whereas Garrod wouldn't have had that senior hurling club platform. He probably wouldn't have come from an underage in St. Pat's where they would have literally probably played in the C or D competitions or whatever the low level are. And it's just found himself to be hurler of the year. So again, just, just, it's just, it's just, it's an unbelievable story. Yes, great loyalty as well, like from him, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure, plenty would have been asking him to move over and tip away with him. Um, they have great facilities well, there, St. St. Patrick's. Yeah. They have a lovely ground, and I, I just think of when I think of St. Patrick's, I think of Emin Phelan and yeah. Hammy Dawson and Hammy Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be letting you in to train there with the floodlights, and uh, just great, great down to earth people, you know. And that, uh, that's that is a great angle on a TJ as well. Mark? Yeah, and I was, I was going to say Mark before I go, but the, but the Henry de Bromhead story is for every manager out yeah. there the best place yeah. taking a kicking, right? There is a huge story there as well because we like it looks brilliant now and look what Henry has done. But you go back, go back the last 10, 15 years, look at all the beautiful horses Henry had 
the Pats has decided to move out. He had to rebuild it, and he's back. Like so, it's a bit like a bit like Daily Mays at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Try but, to tidy but, him up, and now he's in for manager of the year. Yeah, but there's, there's another there's another big story behind the whole uh, Henry de Bramhead uh, thing, TJ, and so far that the, the horses won the Gold Cup and won the uh, National were two horses that were bought and uh, by John Nelland at one point of points. And I don't know whether anybody has... Dale, you were on the RTA radio. Yeah, with him. He was I before did you hear John Nelland's interview before I the did, race? I did, did you? Before uh, the did race? You see no, his, the piece, um, the piece of video yeah. of him watching the race. Did you see that? Mm. And the funny, uh, did you hear? You, that wasn't even his own home. He was on the way back from the races in Cork at the point of yeah. points, and he called into a fellow he knew because he said that uh, he wouldn't make it back to his own place to watch the national. And you meant caught him on video. I thought it was brilliant, like. But uh, I, I, did you see? Did you hear the piece how he named the two horses? Yeah. Manila Indo and Manila Times. He was. He has the hotel Manila in Clanmel, and um, he was doing night porter late one night, and he was filling out the. Um, because the board horses were bought in the same year at the at the fall sales, and the, there was three papers on the counter: the, the Times, the Indo, and something else. And got, the Manila Indo, was, Manila Times. Well, it was, was the Examiner. <laughs> and was he, it, he the was was it? it was useless. It was useless. Sorry, Larry, if you're listening back there. <laughs> but oh, in, in I, here's like this is a small world because, um, and I mentioned earlier on about how. J and horse racing is intertwined, and national hunt in particular. In 1997, I played, I played with the intermediates in Cork, and uh, we played Claire, actually, Anthony, and I was sent back. I fell a Pat Minogue with center forward and hit me a right yeah. welt of his shoulder, dislocated my shoulder. Married to, married to Anthony Foley's sister, Ro- Rosie Foley, Anthony, the late Anthony Foley's sister. Oh, brilliant, right. brilliant underage, he's a brilliant underage player, yeah. Oh, Pat was, I played against yeah. him at Flannins and Coleman's as well. So, but I dislocated my shoulder on the first round of the championship, and I played uh, with the club maybe two months later. I was corner back in the team. I would have been a regular, I suppose, centre back on the scene under the team at the time. But I was corner back as my first game back, and I got we were playing Valley Rovers. I got split off open under the eye here, and the blood was fucking flowing into. I couldn't play. And next while this woman ran out in the field and she said, come over to the sideline to me. I, and I had no clue who she was. I had no idea who she was. And she was wearing a Tipperary top on her. And I said, oh, she must be with Valley Rover. So I was, um, went into the corner anyway. And she says, I'm going to glue your eye. Now, this is 97. I'm going to glue your eye, she said. Trying to, what? Glue my eye? Get out of the way. I said, I'll be back. And I was like a greyhound out waiting for the hit because I could see the ball coming up the field and I was in the ring in the corner. And I said, I got to get out the field. She caught me by the ear and she held me back. She said, Stay here now for 30 seconds, she said, and you'll be on for the rest of the day. So I said, That's grand enough. Anyway, the, the, the blood stopped, the glue worked, right? And I was saying to myself afterwards, Who is this angel that came from heaven? Like, and I mentioned, I mentioned Ray Rochford to you before, right? Yeah. And he's a great club man of ours. But this woman was, an, was, was Bernadine Rochford. She was a Tipperary team doctor at the time. And she happens to be married to John Nellon. Tweeny Mac, so small a, world. <laughs> isn't that a small world there now? And I yeah. never said Eisner since then or, 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 or before that. But that, that, that happened in 1997. Yeah. And you know, the, the Manila, I, I have a fair idea of what he does it, to make it for our listeners. He buys kind of foals, isn't that right, Mark? And then rares them. Correct. Up to up Rails to being pint pint up to three, three breaks them at yeah. twos. Uh, starts riding them at three, and Corky Carroll is his his manager there as well. 
and then goes on to four-year-old to try and win a four-year-old or a five-year-old point-to-point and then sends them on to, we say, out of the National Hunt field and to the bigger owners and stuff like that. And that's where the likes of JP. And he was very complimentary on, on uh, JP yesterday and Frank Bernie. He said, there's no messing. He said, two-minute conversation. You're going to buy the house or you don't. And that's the deal done. Check it in the post. Good luck. Did you hear the little rub he gave to... Another major owner. Like he, he wants the horses yeah. called Manila Hoagie, obviously. Do you know? Because that's the hotel. Yeah. And it's a bit of an yeah, always yeah. would be. I actually know it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fabulous hotel. Like, uh, yeah. We we stayed there actually way back in 2002 when Murphy's gang won the Derby. I tell you, he did. He, he knew he didn't. We didn't go back to him the following year. <laughs> we moved into town because we figured getting taxis out there and walking out to the Manila every night. But uh, an absolute class hotel. I was at a cup. Fergie Hegarty, I think, uh, our teammate was married there as well. We'd, great days and nights uh, down there yeah. with John and uh, but like um, yeah he, he, he did buy he, one horse off of him to uh, Anthony well There's we're talking obviously about J- Jigginstown but he didn't want Jigginstown, to take yeah. he, he didn't want to take the Manila off the, and some agent got onto him and said look you're losing out on a lot here because they're the biggest buyers in the industry so I said we tried to compromise with him I would have called it Manila Air or Manila Rhine <laughs> but there was no, there was no. <laughs> so I said I let him off so I tell you some yeah. some men I tell Tough man, great. Tough great. But, man. That, but look, Tough the man. overall story is brilliant because what, what it has proved is the is the Irish with a small population here that we have the best the best horse breeding scenario in in Europe, like without question. And twenty three out of twenty eight winners in Cheltenham, Irish trained and bred. And what's even better, Anthony, is that there was a lot of uh, smaller owners and smaller trainers won in Cheltenham this year. So you, like you have your Willie Mullinses and your Sneezy Foster Straw, Gordon Elliott's, and um, I suppose the, the, the smaller men, Paul Hennessy down in your neck of the woods, Hoagie, he had yeah, a winner yeah, there yeah. as well this year, and the likes of Gravin Cromwell, up and coming trainers as well. But just it's look, the national hunt scene is brilliant at the moment in Ireland, and long may it continue. Yeah, it's it's something I would have noticed, like as I said, you from, from a distance, you know, you, you just tune in for the big ones, you know, it's the way they, you know, you. We owe it for the size of the country, you know, and the way yeah. we just, we seem to be, you know, you know, it just seems to be dominating the big, the big, well, all the racing at the moment, you know, but Jesus, in Aintree and, and, and in Cheltenham, I was watching just the way that, uh, yeah, the Irish come over and are just cleaned up, you know, and it's, it's, it's fantastic, you know, something, you know, I know the, the industry is massive to the country and we should be hugely proud of, you know, we're kind of the, the benchmark. I was over in Kentucky years ago uh, on a holiday with the wife and, uh, we went down to a few of the stud farms and sure it's all Irish over there. Like it's all, all the, the head guys managing all these farms over there. They're all Irish. They're, they're, you know, whether it's Irish, the lads like own it, it likes the JP, but you know, even the shakes and all these, they, all, they want the Irish guys in there managing the setups, you know, because they have the reputation and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I think at one stage, uh, listen to, you know, in between races, listen to the commentary that one of the presenters on, on ITV race and I've said it, God, he says, Cheltenham, we could kind of half understand with the amount of them that came over, but they've only 12% of the runners here and they're still 50-50. Now, I think the UK or England or whatever won it out eventually, whatever. <laughs> but for 12% of the runners, mm-hmm. like, had to be still 50-50 is incredible. But look, the horses weren't too successful for me anyway over the weekend. I backed the favourite in the Grand National lifting, but TJ, a little bit on, I had my standard Tenerife on Shane Lowry that I do when he played great actually in the golf and he just the putter was cold, um, and he's normally a great putter, but uh, he still played very well. I think he finished 21st. But uh, I said I'd pick one then, and so I like to do that. I like to let him in the golf play two rounds and see who's in contention or a few shots off, you know, rather than 
Hoagie's horse in the Grand National League. He doesn't even get mentioned like so. So I like to do that. But I just saw 18 to 1 about Hideki. And I had a little bit of 18 to 1. And I tell you, I want to, I don't know if you watch it, TJ. Do you watch the golf? I do. I do. Uh, Jeez, I watched, watched the a little bit of yesterday. I had some roller coaster around 9 o'clock last night, TJ, when he went taking out uh, three woods. And he could have tapped it up and got a handy pair into the water. Oh, I tell you, I, and everyone, a few of the lads I'd known in on various WhatsApp pages, I'd have told that I was on him, Hideki. And of course, they were driving me to mint oh, He's gone, he's gone. You want to try and have a word with the caddy? <laughs> but a great story as well, though, you know, isn't it? That, that it wasn't Dustin Johnson, you know, always a, a first time winner like that is a brilliant story. There's actually some brilliant stories in golf at the moment. Even that, that young that guy who came second, oh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, is Zella Torres, that's where he came yeah. out of, even the size of him. And- Will, Will. <laughs> Will yeah, the the, the what you call the, the whatever whatever he's eating, I'm going to start whatever he's eating, TJ, I'm going to start eating it soon. And the and the and the lady can it in as you said. There's another guy there, right? We were kind of joking at home. Um, he played quite well. I think he finished in the top ten. Corey Connors, and we were kind of slagging that was he one of the ways from Raquel? So, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you said it now. You, you said it. <laughs> We did the best as well. We were on Patrick Reed, but I have to credit my brother Dave, you know, my young fella Cali Dave picked him and I was kind of just part of the best. But great fun. Just goes to show the pressure. He was six shots clear at one stage, Haidiki, playing good stuff. He was an unbelievable Saturday afternoon where I just took off. But um, you could nearly feel, even though there was no real crowd there, you could nearly feel that pressure. And like, you'd nearly say that Xander was just coming right like only for that ball going in the water you began thinking was he going to be on 16 if he if he paired his way home it would have been a playoff like because Heidecki bogeyed 17 and bogeyed 18 well there was no pressure on him in 18 like you know what I'm saying guys yeah. if, you have, if you have two take two but and that's what he did in 18 like but but there you but there you go the pressure yeah, Shafflin has major one, at least one anyway, I think if he hasn't two. But yeah. like he had played brilliantly. The six he was the only ball in the water on the sixteenth the yeah. whole day yesterday. Was he? Go away. Well, and there you go. Right, like, yeah. He's he's staring down like, the barrel. He, he, he has your man under pressure. But what wasn't it some comeback by him because he last shots on three four and he had a double bogey and five. He went from eight under back to four under. And your man was going to thirteen under. There was nine shots between them. And then he went six under for the next nine or ten holes. And like he, he was in pole. I want a pole position because he was two shots off of Hideki. But he certainly had momentum going on to 16. I'd say he couldn't believe that he hit the... In, you might in the comments either an eight or a seven iron, but he thought he caught it one slight bit heavy. But it just... I must say the precision that's in golf is phenomenal, lads. It is a real precision game. They know exactly what shots they're playing. And it has to come off to within a kind of a foot or eighteen inches of where of where they're hitting it. The skill levels is is phenomenal. You only realise when you go out to Denmark. You know, I was looking enough to get the Ryder Cup. I want them actually when you see them doing it on the television. It can seem like uh, as our old manager advice, Jack Jack Maloney yeah. say, no one, no one, I'm like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's actually when you're there and you and you can visualise 180 yards out from the green and you're watching this fella putting it into three foot like. That's when you're really... Yeah. But I, I think there's a good point there, though, Mark. Did Shoffle, we'll say, Hoagie, I don't know if you follow that now, the golf, but when he made the comeback, like, and started, was there no pressure on him when he was doing that, let's say? And then all of a sudden, he went up onto the 16th. I'm, I'm here. I have there's a two chance. shots in it. Your man is wobbling. And did, 
did, did, did that come into play then? Did he start feeling what? Uh, what was I feeling think up? he was feeling. Yeah. Actually, look, yeah. there's no doubt we, whatever sport you're involved in, you'll always say if you're going over the carefree attitude, um, there's less pressure on you. There's no doubt about that. Um, I still thought that he had, he like he is a very experienced player in America, Sander Schaffle. And I just think he went for, I would say he went for it, Anthony, because he went straight at the pin, whereas the other players during the course yeah. of the round had gone up to the, we'll say the left right side, side. looking at the television yeah, yeah. and were hoping for the ball that would might kick and might roll down. But he actually went straight for the pin. He went for the juggler, in my opinion. Uh, I, I felt that he thought he had Heidecki on the ropes and he went for the killer. He went for the killer blow. Uh, and look, on this occasion, it probably had his costume. Whereas if he played safe and went for the middle of the green, he'd been still there. He would have still had 17 and 18 to come. Um, I don't think the pressure got to him, Anthony. I think, I think like you meant Butch Harmons on the, on, the, on the television, I think, I think he caught the, caught the shot heavy and, and yeah. just came up. I, one, more, one more yard would have done him because he was, he was bang on line like. I know, but it's just amazing. One ball in the water all day long and, and that's the, the ball. Yeah. yeah, in the tell drink, it, in the drink. Yeah. It's why it's why um, there's so much made of sport and team sport and pressure and dealing with that headspace and trying to get a team prepared to go down the stretch. Like being in front, like he was out on his own. Yeah, he's huge pressure. He's six shots clear. Like you're kind of saying, I'd imagine he's saying to himself, "Jesus, I can shake it up from here." Then when Schofield goes back to minus four, there's no pressure on him. He drives on. Now he's trying to get to a place where he's trying to put it up. Like tactically, Rachel Blackmore, she saw she saw the horse coming back that was in front. She slowed it from three out to two out because she was in the box seat. Like, how many times have teams been two one up or two points up with three, four, five minutes to go? It's a pressure to hold on. And how many times, Dale, have you seen teams gone 10, 12 points down at half time, go to the dressing room, and you kind of say, right, lads, we've nothing to lose now. Throw off the yeah. shackles and go that's, for it. That's, yeah. that's we've, just a, it's we've, a massive. We've, yeah. the, we've the perfect man on with us, TJ, today. And I, Hoagie, you were the masters or the best I've ever seen in my lifetime of being ahead and driving on, going away. Like you, you were four shots ahead till the final day of the Masters, you'd win it by eight or nine. Yeah, but that's the thing that stands out for me in golf is, is like the sports, I suppose, that we've all played. It's, 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 it's instinctive. You know, you're in the, you're in the moment. It's, it's, it's happening so fast. The thing about golf is like you're walking up the 16th fairway and you, 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 you know, the crowd is roaring and you think this is it. Like I'm on the home stretch. You're too much, you're so much time to think. Like it's the mental battle, I think, uh, particularly in the likes of the Masters. Like it's you know standing over a ball, do you overthink it? Like that's uh, like Mark is right. Like the skill, like the distance these guys, like Bryson DeChambeau and these guys, like they've brought the game to a whole new level. Um, you can argue <laughs> the way they've done it or whatever, but you know it's the mental thing. I just I just find phenomenal, and you can see it like sure with our own, like with Rory McIlroy. Like you know, I, I even heard lads tip. I even heard lads. Um, I, I think it was um, who was it? It was um. Uh, Lawrence Donegan, I actually was uh, who was who tipped him. <laughs> he was saying like, actually fancy him, you know, because he's he's coming in off such bad form that that's the kind of way he reacts, you know. He always responds, and I was thinking, Jesus, no way, but like he just, he, you know, he overthinks things, and I think the whole, you know, the way we seen the video of Bryson Shambo throwing balls or his caddy throwing balls down, and he literally literally pulling on him and driving yeah. him, you know, ridiculous distance, and that's got into his mind, and that's even before the tournament starts. But yeah, it's that it's that mental 
uh, battle with yourself nearly you know if you you know particularly if you're inexperienced and you're coming up we've seen it you know that's the thing that for me i just think is is amazing you know with the with, with the, the top golfers is the way they're able to i suppose manage that you know and yeah, well, McElroy is um i'm not sure what the exact numbers are right but for day one of these kind of majors right he's something like 64 over or something for day one right, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, because of so much pressure on him before the event, right? Yeah. He has a shy first day, right? Yeah. And I think he's up like forty-eight under yeah. for days two, three, and four. In in like that'll just tournament's gone. The yeah, tournament's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what those numbers are, but it's something like that. It's, it's way yeah. over and then way under for after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it nearly tie it back to Rachel Blackmore because Ruby Ruby was saying that he he asked Ron Nogara one time about you know that mental pressure missed the first one you know and he was on about rachel had she got a bit of criticism i'd say for falling off in one of the hurdle races did she teach i don't know i don't know how she'd stay on it anyway what was the name of the horse jason the militant yeah that, that's you're right that's the one and the horse swi- swivered and and uh, on the jump and just lost her balance as well but he mentioned it like and he just said about her mental toughness like to get on with it and he said he asked ogar about it one time and he said i should just approach the second one like it's the first one you know, so you can tie it back into the golf. You can tie it back into the hurling, can't you? Mm. Often have we seen, like, not that often now, but TJ Reid missing a free early. And the crowd nearly sent go, but TJ Reid is after missing. I said, maybe he's going to have an off day. But he never has an off day. Like, he just stands up to the no. second one, nails it, moves on. Yeah. And before you know yeah. it, he has, he has one ten scored from place balls. You know, Mr. Mead didn't know the other. No, no, but there I, is the other time, you know. I know. There is, but should Dalo go back to 99 amongst the final against yourselves and ourselves, David Ford, 21 yard free? Probably, it probably decided the game, I think. From Like, we, we were on the ropes, we were gone, and I have no problem in saying it. You were doing all the pushing at that moment. Jesus, when David Ford hit the ball wide, it was like a shot in the arm. We went straight up the field and got a pint, and that was the winning the game, as well as we were concerned at that, at that time. Like, but the, like you'd have to give great respect to the free tackles, both in hurling and football. And you mentioned O'Gara there a while ago. Like his mental toughness, lads, over penalties and conversions and drop goals, and like to win a Grand Slam and a drop goal was phenomenal. Now and now he's transferring that uh, into management, and he's become very, very successful with La Rochelle. And like. You know, I do. I, I, I like watching the rugby, but I will be specifically putting time aside to watch the Leinster La Rochelle semi final. I can tell you now because I'm really, I like, I, I know Brian Driscoll set up a tweet last night Raj against Leinster, like, you know, it's not La Rochelle, like, it's Raj. You can have my 80 minutes of that as well, Mark, on the rugby. I'd be out there about that. <laughs> Kicking, kicking, it out, kicking it out into the stand and getting a round of applause. <laughs> Dale, Dale, yeah, but that's it. But like whether you're whether you're coaching at you know junior club level or you're you're at the elite level, you're always saying like if you make a mistake, forget about it. Don't compound it by making another mistake after it. And these guys, like the likes of Ogar and Rachel, well, yeah, I don't know Rachel Blackmore is you know in that, but. You know she's at the top of her game, and you know these top. Guys, that's that's the ability to have. Like the likes of TJ, they miss a free. It's it's forgotten about. They're already thinking the next one, the next one, and and it sounds so simple, but as you all know, you make a mistake, and the crowd starts roaring at you. You know, and you see it. You know, and the head is gone. You, you know, you're coaching yeah. lads, and you see fuck, his head is gone now. You know, he'll be ten minutes before he gets back into the game. And I suppose that's the difference with the elite guys. Is that you know they you know they, they they brush it off you know whether it's a free throw in basketball or whatever the sport you know it's it's done and it's the next one you know and that's what I suppose separates the, 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 the really top two, guys. They learn from a two hoagie most yeah yeah 
it just learned those mistakes. But to say, well, what we were saying was a mistake is a decision, but a constant, or sorry, mistakes happen, but a constant mm. mistake is a decision. Like, so that's the piece yeah. to fix. Like, so those people fix that really well. The, the All Ireland semi final, TJ 2015, I'd say Claire and Limerick above in Crow Park. Was it Shane? 13. Who was taking the 13? Was it who was yeah. taking the freeze? Was it Shane Dowling was taking the freeze? Was he playing? No, Declan Hannon. He, Declan Hannon. Declan Hannon. He missed, he missed an ocean of freeze at the start of that game and it sucked the life out of Limerick in that match. Yeah, for sure. like, like I said, like in sport, anything can happen on any given day and those things can go away from you. But it's just a recovery. Like I said, that, that happened in Declan Hannon in 2013 and look at him now. And just learn massively. It has made him, but I was going back to the free takers that we have in the country at the moment. Like the likes of TJ Reid, Patrick Horgan, Seamus Canlon. Like it is a surprise if they miss a free from, and I'm going about 100 yards in now. Like I mean, 65s are just like old, in the old days of 45 or 21. They just don't miss 65s anymore. Like yeah. the, the conversion ratio and freeze from 100 yards in is phenomenal at the moment. But, but pressure they're for ultra skill, lads. Dello, pressure's a terror. I was going to say to you is, like I know from myself personally, like I would have felt most pressure as a manager. Like as a player, it didn't seem to really, I kind of been in the moment as Hoagie said there, kind of brushed through it. But I was going to ask you, like where did you feel most pressure? Never really felt any pressure, to be honest with you, TJ. Right, okay. <laughs> you had the work going through. It was a bit like the leaving stuff. You had the time. You had the, you had the exams done. You had the study done, Dela. It was it was like the leaving stuff. We were in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did. Yeah. I think you see if you're on the field, and things are going wrong, you feel you can do something about it. Like in as in physically do something about it. You can go and make a block. Make you know grab a ball, drive it up the field. You can even catch one of your teammates and lift him off the ground or. But when you're over there on that sideline, like, and you're saying, what changes can you make? Like, you know, and you probably maybe have four subs used at this stage. And you say to Richie Stakler, maybe your head, Joe, which on the sideline with the dubs, take, take, we've one left. I said, take a look back there, Richie, and see would any of them make a difference. And he said, sure, leave it at the four. <laughs> you know, like, this, and that's no, that's no insult to any lads on the, on the line. But like, you just have to weigh up. Is the guy out there that you're taking off? Is he going to? the sub going to improve it or not improve it and that's why sometimes it's not great sense to use the five subs often with Brian Cody as well you'd have seen that that he didn't he didn't go down he might have used two subs maybe do you know mm. and uh, it's, a, it's a yeah but, pressure it's a, it's a funny one it, 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 I think the older you get Cody, TJ, as well, the more yeah. you feel pressure I honestly you know you think you've gone through stuff and that should help you but I the older you get you find to feel the consequences more youth is brilliant that way that you're, you're carefree and you'll say ah sure I'll have another go at this next year anyway, sure. Do you know? I, There's I more waves, that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Lads, we better talk about a bit of hurling anyway. And just in fairness to David Ford, if you're listening, Fordy, it wasn't your fault that that uh, tip broke Jamesy's hand <laughs> in the semi-final and Jamesy would have slapped that one and yeah, we wouldn't have got yeah, the speech while we come back to Lee side at all. <laughs> no, you, I had a, a couple of months later. <laughs> was, and, and in fairness, we had the back door to come back and get there if we were good enough. We weren't good enough. Yeah, more about it. Yeah. Uh, let's we obviously Friday was a big day for us. We're all expecting it, I suppose, since since Monday or Tuesday. But we got kind of a roadmap uh, of our stuff to to be going ahead. Obviously, and we we know the league is back now, eighth and ninth of May. I suppose that was the thing that we're going to maybe have groups of four in the league or groups of three, even um, and give a longer 
training period, um, their load back train the 19th, I think so. It's a shorter lead in now to the league, but what you'll guaranteed your five matches, I think. So that's that's what they gave their championship then is, is set out, I suppose, that we're going to have uh 27th of June is is start date for that. And the twenty second of August, which is actually funny that it's very similar to what we've got used over the last couple of years, is the date for the All Ireland final. We've had a bit of um let's say feedback from people on social media again now, Mark, you're as well off not to be on Twitter times. Because you read stuff, I got I did a bit of radio yesterday, and I had a bit of a go at the GA for maybe too easily giving up the elite status, and uh, uh, yeah. that we could have kept things normal enough because the league. I think we will talk about that, but like two that jumped out of me on Twitter were Richie Power, the old teammate, Huggy, um, how are clubs without floodlights supposed to train in September, October? I kind of don't buy that because we're so used to clubs training in September, October, and November that uh, we've all. But I suppose. You know, we 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 get out. and Brian Whelan, like a strong hitting one. He's not that long on Twitter either, Mark. But he cut loose there um, on Friday night. Well done, Tall in headquarters. He said basically telling ninety seven percent of our players that we don't really care about you. A disgrace. Hashtag disgrace. So I'm not so sure. As once we give up the early part of the year, that there was anything much more we could do for this year. Yeah. Um, look. Look, there's there is certainly a bit in what the lads with Richie and Brian have said. Um, I think the COVID situation has lassoed the hands of Crow Park, I suppose, in some respects. Um, they're trying to do the best they can with what they have. I suppose if I had um, a complaint or a, or a disagreement, I would say I think they've given too much credence to the National League, Anthony. I think they could have shortened the time period for the National League or, or, or actually went away and went straight into a club championship, sorry, not an inter-county championship with your four matches and go back to the old format and not really concentrate on the league. If it was my decision, I would have scrapped the league. I would have given the, the inter-county lads three or four weeks training and I went into my, straight into my championship and have your four matches in, in Munster and Leinster and get it down to your All-Ireland semi-finals and finals. Um, so you'd, you'd you'd be going I, back. You'd go back to round robin in the monster championship, Mark. I would. I okay, would. I yeah, would be going back to that. Yeah, I do. I do because I I think long term anyway, Anthony. That is the way it's going to be. Uh, we're going to be going with that. Um, the league. The, the fact that there's going to be no league final this year is basically going to be just matches. They're they're just I suppose official challenge matches. Really, is what I would concern or what I would say with the league at the moment. Um, but then there will be a part of me in saying, well, look, at least the GA are able to provide inter-county games and clubs with championship for the year. And your club player now, who has been able to do nothing for the first four months of the year, knows that there's going to be a club championship coming around the corner. I think that is that is important as well. So I think, you know, in the overall context, we know exactly what's going on right now. Barring the pandemic gets worse, that's the other side of it. And, and, and maybe 2021 could be last if... Um, if the virus starts to get hold again, so we're we're by no means out of the woods and out of the out of the neck at the moment because there could be a lot of trouble around around the around the, the corner if if this if this pandemic gets worse. But um, I would also say, and I, and I have no problem in saying this, I still think that the club championship should be played before the intercounty scene. Um, I I would always think that you play your I would treat it as maybe the lesser standard game. And it gives the opportunity for fellas that are playing in club championship to be recognised within the county scene to be brought onto the panel and make a contribution later on in the season with his inter-county team. 
I've always been of that view. Yeah, I suppose the problem there that would be the, the Munster Club, the Leinster Club, the All Ireland Club, the, 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 the where do you fit it all in? Hoagie, what what did you think that they did the best they could do? With... I I look, I think no matter what option they came out with, it wasn't gonna please everyone, you know. It was it was kind of one of those ones where you were damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Uh, I, I agree with Mark on some of the points. Uh, like, if all things were equal, I would prefer to see the club championship be rolled out first. Um, but I think, obviously, we understand why that can't happen, you know, um, just with the current restrictions and that kind of thing. Um, so it is what it is. In terms of the structure, the inter-county setup, whether they went for the league or just went for a, a kind of, you know, uh, round-robin championship, I don't know, look, you can make arguments for both. I'm just glad to see that we are getting, you know, getting back into it. And, and within the next month or so, we, we will start to get back in, into, you know, some hurling, uh, hurling of some description. Um, on Richie's point, I mean, I think I, he, he, it has some merit, to be fair to him. I mean, I'm not sure what the setup is down below, guys. But, you know, I, I, I know from my experience when we would have uh, won county championships, you know, uh, locally and that, that there was, you know, there's... It wasn't the easiest thing trying to get pitches with floodlights to train as the winter starts to come in. You know, there's just there's not that many of them now. Obviously, with the, with Dunmore, the Kenny Centre of Excellence, that's alleviated the problem. But there are a few places which have floodlights, so th- there is a kind of a, a bottleneck, if you like, in Kilkenny. I mean, we would have gone down to Carlow uh, for facilities, even even with Kilkenny, um, for proper facilities and you know, pitches with floodlights to train. So that's just, I suppose, a, a local issue here in Kilkenny, and I, I, that's probably what. What's prompted Richie's tweet, if you like, you know, uh, that if yeah. you've got a championship where all teams are looking for it, yeah. the teams that have the floodlights have a competitive advantage. Um, and I suppose he is on about Hoagie there as well. He is on about like that this time round. If it was down to the Kilkenny County final, someone might let you in as a, as a favour. Yeah. But now yeah. he, he's looking at it that everyone will be in it and they'll exactly. all be. Yeah, exactly. And again, look, look, maybe some counties have, you know, stronger facilities, you know, as I said to you, uh, that's exactly it. You know, you've got Dunmore, um, which is the Kilkenny Centre of Excellence, which is floodlit and it's great, but they won't let club sides in because you can't be seen to be favouring one club side over another. Yeah. So it's basically, you're all, you know, and then there's one or two clubs have pitched, but that's it. So there's there's a problem there with playing, you know, expecting the club sides to go and train in the winter, you know, and dark evenings. But again, you know, the year that's in it, you know, it's, I don't see a kind of a way around that. You know, we're all hoping that with the vaccine and that kind of thing, that by the time we come around to kind of August, September, October, that we're in a position to have a full club championship, you know. Um, and to Brian's point, you know, Brian's tweet, I've seen him on, on, on Twitter as well. Like, I can understand the frustration, you know, like the the, the root branch, you know, the core of the GEA is the, is, is the, par- is the, the club scenario. But again, you know, with, with current restrictions in place, you know, our hands are tied. You know, it, we we can only go the way we can go at the moment, which is with the intercounty setup and, and and for this year, whether how you want to approach it moving forward in other years, that's a different discussion. You know, but um, yeah, I look, yeah. I can understand the frustration. You know, I see the lads there. It's re- it's really only gone back a month, though, to my mind. The club stuff. You mm. know, they were told that our final would be July, and then mm. that was the, that was the route and the game plan, I suppose. Ironically, we'd have had the league final yesterday if. They had started the league, had kept the elite status. That was a point I'm trying to make. Like the, the, the elite, yeah, there was, that, no, that, there was no danger in in playing a national league with inter county players. Like mm, we saw exactly. how that, that could be run last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the, the bigger problems. issue. Yeah. Well, I, I I I'm not so sure, TJ. I just want to ask you a couple things. There's 11 county finals, I think, across the country that haven't even been played. There's nothing about, and I I keep thinking, TJ, that that county boards don't really want their county finals on in September. They kind of nearly always wanted them in October. Case in mind, and you'll be saying 
that you couldn't be doing it. But like, my birthday is the 22nd of October and the first county final I lined out in, I was a sub in 87, but it was 89 against Six Mile Bridge, beaten actually, but um, it was my birthday, 22nd of October. Now, I had been on the clear panel, a sub as well, early that year. Watford beat us by 22 points in Turles on the 29th of May and the county final was on the 22nd of October, right? So fast forward a good few years, 18 years to 97, we're lining out the county final and uh, Clare had won the All-Ireland Minor and All-Ireland Senior Championship. Historic, never to be done again, or maybe hopefully we will do it again, but uh, great, un- unprecedented times for Clare. And yes, the county final was the day after my birthday. So <laughs> there's a theory there that county finals, TJ, that they, they want them on at a certain time of the year where, they, where they're going to get a big crowd in and a, and, a, and a good audience, you know? Yeah, and they'll always start with the first year I was in St. Thomas three years ago, the county final, there was no pandemic. The county final was in November in Galway, and that's been regular there for years, county final in November. Um, where do I stand in all this? I think if the four of us were tasked with coming up with the ideal plan and the ideal fixture list to suit club and county, I think we'd struggle. I don't think we'd get agreement. I think that seems to be the main problem. For me, hurling is a brilliant place right now. Um, what is the overall plan for the next five years is one of the questions that I'd be asking as to where we want to see club and county, where do we want to see county finals. We all know that the best time to fix the roof is when the sun is shining, right? And for me, I think there's an onus on county boards here, right? I think that we absolutely need all our club players playing summer hurling. We need them playing in June, July and August, right? And if that's a little bit like the rugby where you play a structured league where all the fixtures have to take place and there's a nice prize there for the winners, that's something that needs to improve. And I just think that what came out the weekend, like leaving out all last year's county finals and the minor run 2020 is not ideal because it gives rise to a vacuum and all these questions. But for me, it's the bigger picture. What do we want down the road? We need the county game. That's a must. We need heroes. We need that player at a level that's just where it's going. Like That's a must. We cannot forget that. Yeah. Yeah. But we also absolutely need all our club players. Like If this is part of the future, you could see a mass exodus to the US in normal times where every club hurler could just go to the States for those three months and you've nothing going on. So the, the, the answer is somewhere in the middle. For me, club hurlers all over the country, everywhere, have to be playing summer hurling. June, July and August, whether that's getting ready for the championship, but it has to be with some form of a purpose. They can't be just glorified kind of junior challenge matches where you just kind of throw a team for the sake of it. So the answer is somewhere in there for me. Yeah, well said. Well yeah. said, Mark. Yeah, I, 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 no, TJ made a point there about the mass exodus. I think there will be fall off in numbers, be it at adult level or maybe be it at underage level across all sports. When we're just talking about the GA and Holland in particular, I suppose. Um, I don't see there being a mass uh, rush back from club players. I, I particularly the guys in their older. 20s, I would say, that maybe are in relationships or maybe are starting out in their careers at a work point of view or maybe starting young families. I think that they may be getting used of being at home on a more regular basis. <laughs> they would be part of me, maybe say they're very anxious to get to the field now, maybe get out of it. But I think I, I find it myself, to be honest with Anthony, I'm quite happy um, finding other activities to film the void that's there from a GA point of view at the moment. And you know, other people, I, I often found this, that 
when I stopped playing myself uh, November and December, I also looked at other sports, be it maybe soccer or maybe rugby, to fill that void when you're involved in sport all the time. And I think um, our older generation of players um, may not go back playing after the, the actual lockdown that they've had for the last four or five months, which I think would be a concern for the GA. Tuny, if that happens, Mac, we'll, we'll be all under pressure anyway. We, we, we'd be all watching rugby with you for an hour. <laughs> Hopefully. Look, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, but you see, Anthony, we're like, when you're on the treadmill like, and, you're like, and you're at Hampstead and you're running and racing because it's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday night, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday night, and you've done it since you're six or seven years of age and you get to 35, like, it has just become part of your life cycle. Now that would, you, cycle would, you give, would you give it back then, Mark? Would you give back that you, when you were on that, that uh, treadmill, let's say? And, yeah. and would you, when you look back, do you regret any of that? Because I don't regret a minute of it. Like. Well, I got a huge amount of enjoyment out of it, Anthony. Um, great friends, and um, I suppose it has given me a great grounding in life. Insofar there are all the good uh, traits that you'd want out of any individual, be it in business or being um, a father or a family man, has given me great traits. Um, I wouldn't give back any of it, but I would also say, Anthony, that I missed out on a huge amount of things um, that I didn't get exposure to because I was involved in GA. Um, whether, whether I would be any better individual or a di- different individual, I don't know because I never got that exposure. Um, but it was only until the pandemic came around that I found that there was another world outside of GA, I'd have to say. And yeah, it's I, a very, very I big world. And, and I, I would say from a business point of view, Anthony, I, 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 look, I went out on my own 18 months ago, and all of a sudden I found that any day of the week and any time I can go and meet a client, and a client can ring me, and as you know, three A's in, in business, like um, availability, affability, and ability. And the availability is the number one, because if you're not available, your affability or your ability will never come into it. And I'd have to say that being involved in the GAA um, as a player or being a manager, it consumes your life, Anthony. And you know that, and we all know that sitting in here. It does consume your life. And we were amateur status. So I have seen another side of life, Anthony, uh, over the last 18 months because of the pandemic that I wouldn't have seen other than the pandemic so or because of the pandemic and you know there's a life you've been, yeah, as well yeah, as... yeah you've been strong on that but you know that, that is, I say not, an awful lot of people Mark, have found the pandemic absolutely savage on their lives and there's so many extra things we're hearing about mental health and you, you've been positive your experience has been okay you're lucky I'd say in what you do it gives you that freedom and you have a massive interest in, in, in horse breeding and that side of things. So an awful lot of people, I'd say, be dying to get back to normal GAA. Oh, I, I, absolutely, 100%. And, and, like, and, I'm, and I'm, making the, I'm making the analogy about the, about the, the hamster on the wheel. Like that you, you, it is part of your life structure. And I've no doubt when I, I three young lads will end up going to the field every, you know, if it's Monday, Wednesday and Friday at half past six, I go back into that regime and so for that. Um, and, I've no, and I've nothing against that. But um, I'm just saying that people need to prioritise, I, um, I suppose. We were lucky enough to be involved with inter-county teams and, we all, and you knew that you had to prioritise. But there was other, like there was weddings. There, I, I'm thinking back now to the, I, I don't think I, I can remember any birthday parties or any weddings. And I remember going out 
with a girl for a long and I'd say we never went away on a week on a weekend away or we never went away to a sun holiday like because you were involved more and it was expected that as an amateur and as a club fella that you would be available for training and it was frowned upon if you wanted to train. Where's your man? He's gonna wear with the old doll for a weekend. Oh for Christ's sake. Are you serious? And he's not a training. <laughs> for Christ's sake. Do you know what I mean? So I, yeah, I you're remember talking, you're talking here to a guy. Go on, you're, you're talking to the guy now to cut, he, cut his honeymoon chart for a first round <laughs> reef. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. County Intermediate Final. We had a, a player who went to a wedding on a Friday. And we were playing the following Sunday week, right? So it was 10 days. He went to the wedding on Friday. He told the manager, look, is it okay if I miss training? No problem. Um, we were training Sunday morning. No sign of my man Sunday morning. He got picked to play the following Sunday and his man got to go on the point off him after the first 10 minutes and he never played again. <laughs> if, no. he'd had a, if he'd uh, had a storm or any man, his man was taken uh, off uh, to be legendary uh, story. Uh, absolutely. But like, like it, it, I suppose the big thing with that match, like is that we were beaten by two points and we, we conceded 2-10 in the first half and we conceded 2-12 overall. We got, I, I, then was a malaise over the fact that I'd say the player might have been picked even though it was never majorly discussed. And um, what year was this? It passed us three 1998. We're beating in the intermediate final by Castle Lines, and well, it took I us would three say, more years to back up senior. Well, I would say, there, and I'll give a quick example about the coming home early from the three days we cut off the honeymoon. In fact, boys are drawn with Tulla in the first round of the championship. So I just said to Elise, Jesus, like, I, I lost knockout championship. Like, I should go on, sure, we'll, we'll nearly have enough for it at this stage anyway. And she would always say it was one of the best weekend. Like, I think the big thing. We had a brilliant weekend. We won the match. We had a great night. We all had a few jars again on the Sunday. And we came out and won the yeah. next round of the championship the following Sunday. But we had a brilliant party for nearly two days, finishing off our honeymoon or whatever, home from it. I think it's only later years, Mark. This, all this my waddy and biscuit stuff has come in and you can't go out. We had great times after matches. TJ, after oh, massive matches, going off I'm for a few abs- jars. And- absolutely the same. Like, hurling in the 90s was, like, unbelievable oh. from, a, from a social side. Like, it was, it was brilliant. I'd probably be a little bit different to Mark there. Like, yeah, it's a little bit like at the moment when you list too much match, right? And I hear people in the guards giving out about pay or nurses giving out about pay, like, right? But you know that when you're getting into it, right? And it's the same with the GEA, right? Commitment, and it teaches us an awful lot. Like, for me, like, I, I, I don't have qualifications and the GEA has taken me to places that I could only ever have dreamed of. So I would have nothing but positive things to say. I loved every minute of it with Gary Spillane, with Limerick. Chase has grown up, I kind of, out in kind of the sticks and guys for land, the opportunity to go on captain Limerick and uh, manage Limerick, even though it wasn't overly successful with trophies and stuff. Yes, I do it all again, not about her. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Hoggy, just for a quantity, like, I remember meeting Eilish on the pitch. No, she's a Kimberley woman. Like, she, her brothers would have all hurled against me. And that. But like, I remember meeting her on the pitch after the county final, and I just said, thanks. I said, wouldn't be here. And, you know, and Martin Sheedy was above collecting the, the Cannon Hamilton, the trophy in Clare. And I says, look, thanks for what you did seven weeks ago or whatever. Like, you know, I, I have no regrets about that. And I don't think she has major ones either. Ogie, you, you, you were the most involved team ever. Like, and your club was very strong as well. Yeah, I like, I, I understand where Mark has come from in that the like, COVID has allowed you to kind of the, the time to spend at home and reflect on, you know, and, and probably more so from, from, from um, a lifestyle perspective, you know, working, people commuting up and down to Dublin or wherever and they're going, Jesus, you know what? Actually, there's more to life than getting in the car at seven o'clock or six o'clock in the morning and, and drive, you know, and, and people reflecting on the, where they're at and saying, is there a better way to, to do things? But from a purely from a 
a sport from a hurling perspective. I mean, like like that it would have been huge compromise. To be honest, probably more comp- compromise on the partner side because I was doing what I loved, you know. But like leaving weddings, <laughs> leaving weddings that were invited because it was a friend of mine, not hers, and she's sitting there while I'm gone off for three, four hours to train to come back, you know, or you know, not going on. <laughs> Not going on J1s, you know, my mate's heading off to America or gone off to Australia, you know, traveling around. And I said, well, no, I'm, I'm sticking around because I'm hurling on the off chance I can make something in here, you know. And, but that was, that was, that were my choices, you know, like, and, you know, when I look back in it now, Jesus, I wouldn't swap, I wouldn't, you know, there's absolutely just stuff I missed out on, but what I got in return more than makes up for it. And I suppose I'm very fortunate and conscious of that as well, that I had, I had a lot of great days, you know, and it's, it's actually when I look back on it, and I met one of the boys yesterday, and you know, every time you meet them, and you're, you're the same as I'm sure when you meet your buddies, straight away you fall straight back into that kind of yeah. that, that that situation, you know, and the banter is the exact same that was like a couple of years ago. And you're kind of you remember the, the, the social times you spent together because you end up, you know, you're so close and and that, but no, no, Jesus, like I, I, you know, I naturally. You know, even with the club, you know, when I finished the club, I found it quite hard, you know, all the, the winter evenings, not having to go in to train, you know, and that kind of thing. And you get to spend time with your family. But, Jesus, you, you know, you, you do miss it as well. And you're finding other things to fill the gap. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as strong as Mark on it. I, I definitely would, uh, would say I got a lot more out of it than what I gave up, you know. Yeah, yeah it, but that, whole back, to... that whole commitment and club and county stuff, right, is just yeah. unique. It is the GEA. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very difficult. And it just kind of reminds me of a statement to kind of say, to those who understand, right, no explanation is needed, right? Mm. And to those who don't understand, no explanation is possible. Yeah. Not a beauty. TJ, I, I can remember, I'd said the first year, uh, I was after getting married, um, we were above at Jackie's in Roscommon for the Christmas. And I remember having to say to Jackie at 8 o'clock in Stevens' morning, listen, we need to be back in Kill at 11 o'clock for the long puck. Like, but I, I just, and that, you know, that was kind of, that was the expected thing. Like, and, um, but Hoggy, I'm just thinking of a story there. You, you mentioned about going away training. I can remember I was at Derek Barrett's wedding and Sean Og was at the table with us. And his wife now, Siobhan, was also at the table. But Sean Og had to go away. As you know, Sean Og doesn't drink. So Siobhan made up for him when he was gone away. <laughs> when he came back from training. She... <laughs> so I said, it. it was one of the funniest evenings. We were piking the water and stuff at the end of the night. But again, you know, Siobhan, again that... Siobhan we, we, like David Ford, we apologise <laughs> for Mark hanging you up to dry. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm glad you, and, I'm and, glad and you and enjoyed then, the wedding. I, I could be and another county for and another one. Um, we were at Kevin Murray's wedding, and it was 2001, and myself and Joe were at it, and we were playing the county final. I think Bernard Rocha was actually at it as well, the three of us. And Fergal McCormick, we were playing Mallow in the county final, and we made a conscious decision that we were gone at nine o'clock, and it was a kind of a battle as to who was going to leave the wedding first. And um, we all kind of shook hands with Fergal and said, Look, that was a, that was a Friday night. And none of, us, we were, none of us were drinking, obviously, all day long, but we said we were leaving at 9 o'clock and we were hoping that we were forced out of the gap to just get a, to make, make a little point. And uh, everybody was kind of watching what was going to happen, who was going to stay. And, of course, we were all texting, what time did McCormick leave? Was he there late? Did he drink at all? TJ, I'll tell you, uh, I, 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 I'm going to remember this and, and watch it again sometime. And... Uh, I, I go seven or eight years forward and two of the Landers brothers are lining out for Killa in the county premier minor final uh, in, in Parky Keeve 
um, against Middleton probably or someone like that and be sitting anywhere near Mr. Landers or looking down at him probably on the sideline in charge. We said definitely <laughs> during the COVID thing that time lads kind of decided that Hurland was kind of uh, not for him at all. It was other things in life. <laughs> and his heart pumping out through his chest still. Oh, and he fighting he fight with, fight with the linesman, he fighting with the Middleton manager. And he, oh, yeah. Dello, before we get to um, those guys training early in the morning who are not good enough to play Hurland, right? Why is there no league final? <laughs> I think it'll be another week, another week of the fixtures, TJ. They're, they're kind of really down. Sean Potts, I think, explained it. They're really down to... 20 weeks for the championship and then it goes back to the club and if they had to I don't like it yeah so it be, could be a bit like Clare and Limerick last year like, you know, if, they, if they meet they're going to call ah, it the league final no I don't like but it. is there a theory out there does well teach you this um, a league should be a league Did you, one of the years I was playing I know you were probably playing as well Ferris you know we bow down to your youth um, it was ran like that that the league whoever was top of us won the league won the league yeah is it not about yeah. consistency and doing the right thing every day and you finish top of the league? I yeah, don't see any problem you, with that. You can't have that with the way it's structured with division. Oh, sure, no. You had a hope with 12 teams, like, sure. You couldn't, like, yeah. That's, well, that's the other thing, to narrow it down into eight and so seven matches, whoever's top lads are league, cha- league champions. The league, final, like league final is a great thing, I have to say. I agree with you. Having witnessed it with the dubs, what it meant to us, you know, yeah. breakthrough mm-hmm. and even, even clear, like, even, you know, the, the, my youth, I suppose, and I was trying to that, that Clare team that came up against that great Cork three in a row team they were my heroes like because they won back to back league so and the league final is the big day you remember and coming home with the cup and all that so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. part and parcel of it I suppose it will only be for this year though TJ I think you know there would be as I said we in their original structure the, the league final was down for yesterday so there you go like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and said, there's still a bigger picture there Dale, to get all that say, between the Skibben Cup Underage, there is intercounty clubs, 100%. our Ireland club, our Ireland club final, trying to put all that together where you have universal happiness. I would say, I don't know who, who's going to fix that. Yeah, I think TJ, there has to come an acceptance that we may be without players. I don't know what you think about this, Hoggy. Now that we are starting to so precious with the three weeks for the county final, give them a chance to get ready, but you'd have to be ready for the semi final anyway. Like we are that bit precious. Like you see the rugby players there that come off an international weekend and they're straight back into the Heineken Cup. Or like there has to be an acceptance, I think, on one side from us that we may be missing some players because of the schedule. Oh, you talk, you're talking at a club situation, Anthony. No, I'm talking I mean, everything. Everything. You yeah, see, county like, I'd be very, I'd be very slow about about going down that route. I mean. You're effectively what you're saying is you're developing players to, uh, at your club level, you know, to go on and, and, and represent the county. And once they get to that point, they're gone. From, you won't see them at the club then until, you know, you wheel around the championship, you know. And, and again, it's different in every county. I know there's league championship and league league and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, like, like any, like, I can only speak from my own experience. You know, we, we've got a, a league championship, if you like, which the league has a bearing on your championship. So it's five matches. And we, and we were fortunate. And again, I, again, I know there's no great football, Kenny, but we were quite lucky. And again, with Brian, he was very much adamant that the club needed it. You know, so we were always released. Always, you know, I remember, and it stood to us. You know, it actually stood to us. I remember lads come, going away, say, after Leinster final. And it'd be stale. You'd be in training in the county for five weeks, maybe four weeks, play a Leinster final. And there'd be lads that wouldn't be in great form. Jesus, Richie Power, case in point. I always just see it. He used to time it. He'd go back, he'd play two rounds with Carrick Shock. One week, you know, uh, within a week, and uh, he'd hammer in a couple of goals and points. 16 you know, he comes back in then for the, the prep for the other semi final. He's like a different player, 
is unmarkable, you know, and it's just that it, it gives us a, a freshness. Well, I, I think, I think, no, I, I, I think there has to, you have to be careful at that point. Because I would, I'd be keen on looking at is taking, almost taking the responsibility off the county boards around fixtures and that and centralizing it a bit more because I think there's too much flexibility. I think some county boards are very good and they're very structured and you often see the counties that are doing performing well are the guys who have a really strong county board, a good chairman and that kind of thing. And then over years that kind of slips and then all of a sudden it goes to shit because you, you've got lads there who are not, don't have a clear kind of idea of how things should be run. And it's not by accident. And I think there's too much um, opportunity for, for, for slippage there, you know. And then you get a strong county manager who comes in and he starts dictating how things should be done. And all of a sudden, it's this county senior team is dictating how club is run, how the underage is run. Yeah. And that's, so you're, 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 you know, he's dictating down, whereas it should be really, you know, the county board, strong county chairman and that. And I don't think some counties are equipped that way. So, and then, that brings back to the point, about um, playing a nice league in June, July, and August, right? Yeah. E even in inter-county season, right? Because the other thing now, Delo, is most county panels are probably taking, what, 36, 38 players, where yeah. there's a back end of 10, 12 players who get no game time with the county, yeah. or maybe, maybe a bit more, and spending a million-plus on team preparation, which is fine. Uh, we all know where that's heading, right? Could you have a league, Brian, where there's a nice prize? I don't know what it is. Well, it, could be, it could be a training camp for the club. It could be a weekend away. And then, let's say Brian Law and or John Kiley or Brian Cooney, whatever it is, right? Is the player struggling? Uh, they'll oh, I want you to go and play with your club. There's two structured league games coming up there. Try and get your confidence back. I think there's a lot of win-wins in this. I, I, I was going to say that he, like players are not stupid. You know, I see it at, you know, under now that we're going to under-17 level. You know, so we're, you've now got a situation with, with kids losing a year and they're expected them to step up to adult level. And people are saying, ah, yeah, but we've got an under-20s. Like I see it here, look, all the is, is, is you know, it's run off in October, November, and you know the, the small rural clubs are not interested because they can they can manage to, to 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 bring those couple of young lads through. But most of the bigger clubs, they just lose lads, you know. And it, it's not given, it's not given the credit, you know. The minor you get to play in front of the county senior final, you know, and there's a kind of a there's a recognition, like it's a, it's a marquee, you know, tournament. Same at adult level, you know, if you introduce a league. It's a bit like the league now, the inter-county league that you're talking about, TG, this year. There's no final. So there's no trophy. So effectively, it's going to be, you know, glorified ch challenge matches. You know, players will see that and they'll go, Do you know what, actually? Well, what are we playing for? You know, subconsciously, they won't, say, they won't come out and say it. But, you know, they'll know that this is all this is, is getting yourself ready for a championship as opposed to a trophy at the end of it. And, yeah, like, you know, you can't... Throwing an old tournament in for the summer just for the sake of it, to say lads are getting game time. That's not going to stop lads from going off to America or, you know, you know, doing whatever they want. You know, it has to be something that's meaningful, you know. And, and I think if you're a club player and you're see, sitting there and you're seeing your, your two, you're looking enough to have two or three guys in an inter-county squad and you, you're, you know you're not going to see them till September. Well, you know, how, how important is this co competition then, really, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. it. A couple of things there, Huggy. I, I wasn't advocating lads going off to the county, you know, and wouldn't be seen at the club again. Like, yeah, yeah. Somewhere where we put like you, you two fair advantages there, and I would say, yeah. and it, one of them might have changed. Football hasn't changed. You don't treat it that seriously. So that I mean, I think it clear the amount of jewel clubs in Clare that are equally strong football hurling. It's it's so difficult. Um, the other thing is you had a down to a fine art as well, though, where you hammer someone in a Leinster final or Leinster semi final. Five weeks to the final, uh, go back to the yeah. club now for a week or two, lads. I mean, it's changed times now since Galway yeah. came into Leinster. Dublin got a bit stronger. Round Robin I now in Leinster. 
Yeah, I know. I appreciate that, Adele, but but it came from the mentality, the mindset as well. Like the, the Brian was always about club, club, club. You know, so he was a willingness there. Now, absolutely. Yes. He, so so when when he bet us, Adele, in in twenty twelve, was it uh, in the Leinster final, the replay? Do you remember? Uh, oh, thirteen down in down in Port Leash, down in thirteen. Yeah. You know, again. You know that threw all the plans out. Yeah, you have a provisional plan in place, and and more. You know, most of the years we were able to stick, but that threw it out the window, and we had to adapt. But we always managed to get to a point where the league was more or less done by the time you, you came to August. And so so that whenever we got, you know, whether it was the All Ireland, the All Ireland semi final, you know, by September it was pure championship. You know, it was knockout at that point. You know, so yeah, look, every scenario is different, but there has to be a willingness <clears> or an <throat> acceptance that there's an importance on the club situation that it's not a situation that oh look intercounty started now so we're going to put club into hibernation for three months you know it's mm. and again that comes from that comes from, i think from a from a central level it has to come from a central level because you well, get so a strong county the manager thing, in the, yeah yeah sorry yeah, about. Like, yeah, uh, i think i think, I think a lot of us could look at the kenny model brian I've, i i didn't understand it for a long time yeah. but when to explain to me the, the tie-in with the league it's a very good system there's no doubt well yeah and and again a bit like maybe limerick the way they went back and did a root and branch kind of review you know 10 years ago whatever it was tj like that was that was something that they did you know in fairness to them the credit they went back they recognized that we hadn't been competitive at you know some minor level and that kind of thing for a number of years back in the early 90s and they restructured the county championship both senior junior intermediate and junior level and Brian, I mean, it's worked well but yeah with some of those league games let's say that, that, that are leading to the championship would clubs play them games without their inter-county players no no, 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 no. You're always, no, it's no. You're it's champ- champ- TJ, as such. Yeah. And they have yeah. every single match, TJ, no matter whether you're bottom of the league or top of the league, every match has a bearing on, wh- on, on your significant. championship. Yeah, has a significance. I so know. if you're going out, I, you're top of the league. I understand Sorry, that, but I'm saying, how, how, how can you fix the issue? Like, if Intercounty is going to be the All Ireland final at the end of July or beginning of August, right? How yeah. can you fix June and July? How can you fix that block for the club player? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate. Uh, well, I suppose I appreciate that, and I was probably of the frame of mind that, you know, our, moving the, the inter-county away from September, you're losing that kind of showcase piece. Is there enough time to, to to almost, you know, if you if you looked at it from a central level rather than leaving it to the, to the county boards to 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 to, to the match? It comes back to the, the the point that we mentioned earlier on about why is the county finals always on in October when only four teams are hurling in August inter-county teams? It makes no sense. I could never understand that. So there was mon- there was weeks there, months where there was no club matches in in the summer for a lot of counties, purely because they wanted to have their their county final in October. So is there an opportunity whereby you revert back to the the, the All Irelands in September, you know, and then you 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 mandate it that there is a period of time there in that kind of July, you know, June June window, say, where there there is an opportunity for club matches to be played, and then you know there's 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 a kind of a, a secondary competition for the club lads, but at least they're getting a period of hurling in the summer that they need. You know, so hurling's a summer game, and we're talking about hurling as opposed to Gaelic football. You know, again, this is very simplistic. You need, to, and I I know people have looked at it, but I think the the caveat was always that you know you you gave it back the power, then you said right, this is what the way we want it to work. It goes back to the county boards, and straight away. They're tinkering at it and moving it and changing fixtures because a county manager doesn't want to allow his lads back, you know, for two or three weeks or you know whatever. And you, you know there is a certain amount of there has to be a certain amount of inflexibility there as well. I said no, they're the dates, lads, and they, the club matches have to be played. You know, I think. I say the idea of the split season is 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 because the way we were doing it for so long, Brian, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't working in counties. You know, yeah, and there was no one like 
in Clare here, I think there's five grand to the club, the winners of the Clare Cup, which is the county mm. league, separate competition completely to the championship. But it wouldn't keep lads going from Boston. Like, no. you know, no. when will the championship come back, lads? I say, should it be, be September. I'll be back the end of August, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, think, exactly. I think it's a long way from being solved. But the only thing I think yeah. with the split season is they'll be saying to the club player, well, from the end of July, we can tell you for definite whether Kilkenny are in the final, I'll earn final or not. You'll have all that time ahead of you. You'll have good, good hurling time in August. Mm. It's a great yeah, point, yeah. obviously, early September. I mean, that's the stab we're making at it now. Obviously, this year, COVID has, has tied our hands. I, I, I didn't believe it should have with the inter county teams. I thought the league could have been played as normal and we'd have things up and running. But it's a, it's a, it's a hard one to solve, lads. But, Mark, you, you were on about that you've seen things in the lockdown notice kind of showed you that there's more to life. And yet we, we see uh, videos and pictures of nine Dublin fellas above an Inish Fails train at six o'clock in the morning and Banty McEnany with 40 fellas around him uh, uh, above it. Yeah. Uh, well, they're meant yeah, to come well, back I, look, and that's supposed to be. I'd, <laughs> well, I, 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 and you know what the other thing is? I, I'd actually make a little bit of um, a split opinion on the difference between Dublin and Monaghan. Like, I gave Dublin kind of the opportunity, I suppose, because the pictures only just showed four fellas having a kick around and having a mess around with a ball and stuff like that. I'm led to believe there was probably nine fellas there and I don't know whether there was a training session going on or was it just a kick around amongst nine fellas that were living locally. But when I saw the picture on the Independent yesterday of the Manahan team training and tripods and iPads and, um, you know, coaches in each section and three or four pods of players, they were having a full-scale training session which I think is an absolute disgrace, I will say, in the in the eyes of the pandemic that's there at the moment. And this is not a Holland thing. This is a pure J thing. I think that really flies in the face of what the government have tried to do and what this country has been faced with. And I'd be honest with it, I would have no issue in kicking them out of the championship immediately. Don't mind your suspension. They should be suspended for the championship for the rest of the year. And I tell you this much, you should also get about a 10 or a 20 grand fine as well along with it and, and find somebody to actually pay it for them because, you know, it was a full-scale training session, Anthony. That's what I have a problem with. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not, like the dubs are brilliant, right? They're brilliant. Uh, they've been brilliant ambassadors for, for GA. It looked like a kick around, right? So you have to delve down a little bit deeper whether that was a training yeah. session or an official there was, a, there was a coach there as well, Mark. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, look. I look. I can only see what I saw in the, uh, yesterday, and like that picture painted a thousand words, in my opinion. Ten or fifteen cars lined out. Guys had come to do a training session, Anthony. And look, I have no issue. There's a couple of lads below on the field having a few pucks around, and they're doing a few runs for themselves, and so they're upsetting nobody, right? But when you have a, a county having a full training session when they know they're not supposed to, it's just not acceptable. End of story. No sitting on the fence there, TJ. Um, oh. <laughs> there'll be, be no, there'll be no uh, seven in a row for the dubs anyway. If oh. Matt Landers was in, in Crow Park in high no, office. I, no, I, I, no I, I said to you at the start, I have a different opinion on both of them because I do believe the dubs only because it might be you know, just a kick around and stuff like that. But the Monaghan stuff was definitely a training session. And I would say I'd nearly be the other way because I'd say there's ferocious pressure on Monaghan as I'd say, if you're thinking about who might be chancing um, doing a bit of training, it could be nearer to Monaghan. Like the dubs for me, like they don't have anyone to beat in Leinster, basically. 
if you look back over results and, and Desi, the pressure was kind of off him now this year because he came in and delivered on the back of Jim Gavin last year. I, I was more put out by that, I, I thought, anyway. What do you think, Teach? But they're like, but they're, sorry, I'm going to... Um, I'm definitely not as strong as Mark in this, right? I, a couple of things for me is, first of all, the, the informer is definitely alive and well in this country anyway, isn't he? Like he's probably nearly as relevant now as he was 100 years ago. Huh? <laughs> now he has uh, phones. Now he's phones as well and drones. Now he's, yeah, phones and drones. Um, there's an awful lot of worse things happening in the world at the moment than a couple of lads getting together and training. I will say that for sure. Um, is it wrong? It is from the point of view of the GEA when they say they don't want any collective training and some people play by the rules and some people don't. But we've had a little bit of that already with April, supposed to be in a blanket month, and some guys followed and some guys didn't. It's a very tricky one for the, for the GEA to police. Um, where do I stand in it personally? They shouldn't be training. But kicking teams out of the championship, I certainly wouldn't be for that. Getting suspended. I'd say Desi and Dobbs were quick to move here to suspend Desi for 12 weeks in case... They went down the road going after the players or something. You know what I mean? I think so, the GA have overrided that now. I, think I they, see that. They I have. He's going to miss the next two weeks. But come here to me. All Dublin GA did was try to take, they tried to lens the boil and take the news out of the story because it was going to drum on and drum on in the papers day in, day out. So the fact that they suspended Desi straight away, it bust the bubble on the, on the Dublin scenario. And like to be fair to the GA, they were dead right to say, sorry, lads. That might be your decision. It's nothing at all to do with it. We'll be making the decision what happens with Desi Fell like. Yeah, look, Cody, they shouldn't have been training. They shouldn't have been training. There is no rule made like the rule is made, they shouldn't be training. You can't get you can't get away from that. But in terms of um, what exactly you do, the jury's out for me. Yeah. Uh, Hoagie, have you done much down there? Have you heard that the lads are doing much in the centre of excellence with Brian? <laughs> <laughs> No one, no one gets any news out of Kikini like you're, you're yeah, aware well, of that. You're not, you're not going to get anything out of me because I don't know anything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> no informers in Kikini, do you know, is there? No, they're, they're, no, they're, no. They're all shot, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, believe, I believe it. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, I mean, look, I know the boys, you know, they're, they're training away. You see one or two of them on the roads running and that kind of thing. That's about as much of. I have, you know, the, the, the Castle Park there. I was in one day with the, the young, the, the two kids, and I saw one of the boys powering through there. So that's about as much as I'm aware of. You know, I have no doubt they're, they're flaking and they have their personal programs to be doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, if, if Ireland's a small place, Kenny's a very small place, you know, so there's not too many places to, to be hiding. But um, yeah, like, I, 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 I listen to the boys there. I mean, the issue I, I, I would have had was just, is, you know, front page news, you know, on the on the indoor, breaking a ban, you know, if, if they put as much effort into investigating and, and, and reporting on the JV scandal as they had on the Dublin training, we might be in as bad a spot as we are, you know, <clears throat> you know, an easy, an easy clickbait, you know. Now they were completely wrong and they shouldn't have done it, uh, both sides, you know, and the rule and again, the rules are the rules, but sure look, you know. I will bend them here, we'll bend them there, and it doesn't make it right. But that 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 part of it annoyed me, like you know, on the front, not, not just front page of sports, like you know, front page of the news, you know, and and they knew, you know, plenty of they'll get plenty of kickback, particularly when it was Dublin as well, you know. But uh, when, when everything else that was going on, you know, no one challenging, you know, the, the numbers, you know, and effort and the, the way we're approaching things and the whole anyway. But that was my that was my thoughts on it. But uh, down here at Kenny, you know, we're all we're all abiding by the law, we're very law abiding systems. <laughs> yeah, on, 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 on the hurl of ball. 
There you have it. And you know, but it's, look, it's from, a Holland, but from a Holland, from a Holland perspective, Dale, it's, it's like it's great from you know the, the county boards are the, and are the managements and the players involved in the counties at the moment are certainly seen to be you know abiding by the rules that are actually there. Like you know, I mean, yeah. do the football do the football side of the GA think that they can go away and flaunt the rules? You know, and uh, are are we just slacking behind? Like, but I, I just, I'm very strong on it. I, I, and I have no problem yeah. in being very strong on it because our country and the whole world has been shut down because of this coronavirus, and yet we have um, a number of counties who think that they're above the coronavirus. And you know, t- so thankfully, nobody in my family. I've lost no relative close to me. I've had, I've had a number of close family members who've had the COVID and thankfully there has been no um, ramifications because of that, other than that they were sick and stuff for that. But I can tell you this much. What what they have done, you know, I, I think has given the two fingers and it has it has tainted the GA in a very, very bad light. And you defended the elite status yesterday and maybe that is why the government uh, lost and the GA did lose its elite status is because of what this culture is there amongst the football fraternity I will say um, it's exactly why maybe we lost the elite status and if you want to turn it back to you know racing for a second uh, the point of points and the coursing was shut down in January and February TJ as you would know and one of the main reasons was because they couldn't police it properly and the bigger picture was that your you know the flat season and the national hunt season inside the rails could go ahead because they couldn't be 100% certain that it could be policed. And I think this is exactly why Neffert or maybe the government made a decision that the GA should lose its um, elite status. And you look at the county finals last year, you know, and what happened after was, was probably a determining factor in that. And, and I would agree with you, Anthony, when you said, look, counties that haven't won it for 25 years, emotion does come into it because it is very, very emotive to win a uh, county final. But I tell you this much, what Monaghan in particular, in my opinion, because it was a full training session, right, that is totally out of order. And is that they need to be dealt with. That picture definitely true. It is like... Oh, yeah. You, sorry. I don't believe uh, everything I see in the papers or read or like on social media. Well, 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 sorry. The Monaghan County Board came out, suspended Venti straight away, so it has to be true then, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'll say, Mark, is the conflicting stuff, and I'm with Brian here, right, and I'm not a doctor or a scientist, and at this stage it doesn't look like it will be. Never know, but... Um, <laughs> my young fella, fella Carmack is in secondary, we're back to school today, right? So they're in a classroom of 26 or 7 or 8, right? So he's back in the yeah. classroom today, which is great, thank yeah. God, right, since December. But underage, we can't go training in the field out in five acres tonight. We have another couple yeah. of weeks, right? Like, if the nine lads from Dublin went to the Dundrum shopping centre or two yeah. metres apart and kicked the ball around, it'll be fine. So there, there, I, I have a certain degree of sympathy. Like, I am lucky I live out in the sticks, out in the rural part of the country where we can go and have as much open air as we want, right? There's people who are living in confined spaces. And you have to remember, too, right, these guys are, like, physical athletes at the peak of their powers want to be ready and like anybody who knows like it is it like it is difficult enough to get ready in two to three weeks like for league and to get ready and this is going to come around quick right so in the overall scheme of things and the, what's going on in the country for me this is definitely not front page news and it's definitely not the biggest story as we made out to be i think agree yeah go on brian yeah i think no, i think maybe the issue mark has is just the fact it was it was so blatant in that it was it wasn't like 
seven or eight of the lads. It was the whole squad and the man, you know, it was that. And, and maybe, maybe the location, you know, where they are positioned, you know, and the fact that the north is, is opening up quicker than the south, and there, there was a fear there. But like, easy way around it is, 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 is um, you know, is, is a financial penalty. You know, if it's severe enough, they won't risk it. You know, and, and not like there's no point finding finding Monaghan the same as Dublin. You know, if it's temp, if it's a percentage of your if your turn of your revenue for the for last year, ten percent of Dublin's revenue is a hell of a lot higher than you know. You stop, Hoggy. Lenders has been telling us every every time we're on the amount of money that's been <laughs> saved in the country. Uh, there's loads of money, Monaghan. I tell you, but yeah. look, yeah, I, my, I I being nearly in Mark's camp on it, like. It's unprecedented. This is not like trying to get a fella off with a red card on video evidence or that. This is unprecedented times. I have a pub below, below alongside me here that's closed. If there was a fella up the road in Curraclare letting people in the back door, would I think that was okay? I wouldn't. Like, and, mm. you know, I spoke to Brian Lohan last week and I said, don't tell me there's any news going to come out or pictures. And Lohan just said, no, I'm not a hope. He said, like, sure, God, you couldn't. No. He said, like, yeah, that, that for me, that was the shocking bit that the two counties involved, like high-profile Division One teams as well, like uh, the team going for seven it, in a row. Yeah, yeah, and, and Anthony, the thing about it is, like, if everybody's on the same page and everybody's being treated the same and everybody's doing the same, then you don't have an issue with it. But so, then, when you find out that other crowds are training, it's not good. Like, it's not. Yeah, good. I'm not so it's sure. Not I, I would have said maybe to remote championship, but we've agreed already that the league is a bit lesser, and obviously this year it's lesser more. I, I, w- I would have nearly gone as far as saying, lads, you're out of the National League. You can organise mm-hmm. a few challenge matches there for yourselves, and yeah. you can play in the Ulster Championship, I, 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 fair yeah. enough, and Dublin can play in Leinster. I, I would have thought, like, you know, I'm out, we're, we're hearing that there's loads of crowds at it, but we've no, we've no evidence of that. Like, so look, we could be pandering here. Look, we've enough. We're up to the hour and a half again. Larry, be like a dog, so lads, we, we better wrap it. Hoagie, great to have you um, yeah, pleasure. We'll, we'll look forward to having you later on in the year. Lads, we did it two weeks ago. We did a whole pile on the rules there. TJ, you're calling me attention there. Yes? Just one second. We listened to Mr. Roy Keane yesterday. They're all speaking about Spurs, saying that you've been soft for the last 40 years. Did you hear those statements? Yeah. I don't really like that, fella. Uh, to be honest with you, know, he, he nah, knows it all. Good call, fella. Yeah, he, knows, he, he, never, he never did anything wrong in his life. Like, and, uh, he just... Uh, he know he knows about international football. He knows about club football. Funny enough, he was manager of a couple of places. It didn't go all great for him, so uh, I, I leave it at that. I won't. I don't get into a debate about him anymore. I, I did back in two thousand and two quite a bit, so I don't. I don't go down that way. But on rules and everything. How did, anyway, how did, we the, game, down... how did the game end up there? Huh? How did you, <laughs> yeah. did you lose it? We're beating three one, but. Um, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, we'll be 6-1 early on there, so don't be talking about it. It's 7-4. <laughs> so you, you know, no, you know, no, we, we are in second position now, like, you know. Yeah, but your ride, ride doesn't count that, John. Unless you're the winner, you're no good. Well, I, mean, I don't final. disagree with him there, like, but a step in the right direction. What about what's, his, what, what's, he, huh? what's his, what's his favourite one that he says, Keen? And he's like, fail to prepare, oh, prepare to fail. No, no, no. He's one that he does all the time in the studio, and we, we all have our little traits. So Talk, don't talk to me or something like that. What he says one thing like that, and uh, we get plenty of it off the Twitter boys later on. Anyway, but anyway, but come yeah, here, we, you were on about the rules just before you finish up the rules. Yeah, well, look, we, we I think some of the stuff we had about the inside the twenty meter line it was definitely a red card and a penalty. And uh, right, great ref, great ref, Johnny Ryan. <laughs> Johnny sent me a text when he he was out walking. He was listening to he says, Dale, you were off the map there on some of the some of the chat. So hopefully, in two weeks' time. We're hoping that Fergal Hogan might be able to join us. Uh, All-Ireland referee, obviously, 
and put us right anyway. I think we had the gist of it right, but we hadn't really right. defined it. And I, I, I won't be arguing with the referees anyway. We, we can ask them plenty of questions, though. Um, so, look, that's great stuff that's as good. usual. Great, great, great chat. A uh, bit of everything, bit of golf, bit of soccer, bit of rugby, even Landers. How oh, you got rugby into this show? But, uh, <laughs> Uh, look, just to wrap up, uh, my great pal, I suppose my hero growing up, I uh, want to wish him a happy birthday today, Mr. Johnny Kellnan, two-time All-Star from Clarecastle, and his book, and it's not a great time, Mark, uh, obviously it's a great time for, if you're a reader around now, you have more time, his autobiography is out there now, to play, to live, great read, lads, uh, I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, so look, uh, be safe, people, we kick it over now to Paul, Ro- Paul Rouse, and Oshin and Eamon Fitzmaurice to start out that it's football counties are at this trend it's not hurling counties for next Monday's show and we'll see you in a couple of weeks time great stuff cheers Dello a grain of rice a grain of rice is going to tip the scale just remember that there's a small bit of a needle there come on Mayo you've got to get Andy Moran into the game our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster 